Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Ashley Sondergaard on with us. She is a self-care coach, yoga teacher, and astrologer, and she's also the host of the Yoga Magic Podcast. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks, Andrea. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah, I am too. So she's also locally based here in Minnesota. So super excited to make this connection and kind of get to know you. So I'd love to get a little bit more about your background and how you came to yoga. Yes. Um, I love, yes. Fellow Minnesotans. I feel like we can feel our connections and our passive aggressiveness as we are sitting here. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I definitely have a long journey into yoga and now self-care and astrology and podcasting, but it's been such a fun introspective self-study journey. So when I first graduated from university, I really was going down the path that I thought I was supposed to go down, right? Like I'm going to go to grad school and I'm going to, you know, find the husband and have kids and move to the suburbs. And just like, I kept going down these paths that I thought I was supposed to do. And I, at the end of the day was just like, I don't really know what I want. I don't, I don't know what I want. How can I pursue these things, like the next best step, if I don't even know. And I found my way into yoga. The first yoga class that I took funnily enough was this hilarious, like mashup fitness class with all Britney Spears music. And I was like, is this heaven? Like, this is amazing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But in that moment, like even in that like hilarious first yoga class, I'm lying in Shavasana and thinking, I I have so much to think about. I have so much that I want to discover about what my wants and my needs are. And I need to start listening to that. And yoga really gave me this path to do that. You know, whether it be when to rest in a practice or when to go inward and really assess like why I'm feeling a certain way. So yoga was the catalyst into self-study into self-care. And that's, that's where the show name comes from yoga magic, because it really was. And as I went further down the path of yoga and started to understand, you know, the eight limbs and went further past just the Britney Spears yoga class (laughs) and really found my way to the, you know, true, true capital Y yoga. I learned a lot about the spirituality piece, the connection, and it led me down a path to teaching. And now it's been 10 years that I've been teaching yoga and connecting with people. And I just, I love sharing that same magic with others, you know, in that experience and letting them go inward and then eventually found my way into astrology and that being a further mirror, if you will, into who I was. And I use that today to help other women navigate who they are, what their needs are so that they can take care of themselves. And astrology is the sort of this unique way to get really specific. So podcaster, astrologer, yoga teacher, all the things as you know, as we do, we piece it all together. Yes. Yeah. That kind of slides right into my next question. Cause I want to talk about that as an entrepreneur, you know, you had talked about in a post, um, previously about just kind of ups and downs and I can relate. Cause I have ran my business for, uh, going on 10 years now. And I've had many different transitions and many different areas of my business, which I don't think people always talk about. Like I do this, this, and this, right. you know, we have, we're multifaceted people. So I would love to get a little bit of a perspective on your business and how you do it all. Yeah. Do it all right. Like it, it is, I, I, some days I get my kids to school in the morning and I'm just like, I'm literally like high five myself. Like Mel Robbins has a new book out about high fiving yourself. And I'm literally like, yeah, you did it girl. You got those kids to school, which is funny because it's like, that's not a big thing, but it is. There's so much that we do. And, and being an entrepreneur for me initially was that I wanted to have that freedom and flexibility to, 
really pursue my needs, my personal needs and be the best version of a mom to my kids and still pursue my passions in life. And so I feel really blessed in that I have had the opportunity to do that. And I just, I want to recognize the privilege that I have and able to be able to do that. So it's been funny though, because when I first, I don't know if you felt this, when you started 10 years ago, I started my business. I like opened my LLC in July of 2019. And I hit go. I hit publish on the, on the website. And I literally was like looking at my phone, like thinking someone was going to be like, okay, cool. Ready to go. I did it. And (laughs) turns out that's not what happens. And the first iteration of my business is completely different from what it is now. I had set out in doing, um, it was called wedded wellness and it was wellness coaching and yoga teaching for brides, bachelorette parties and pre-wedding. And it was, I mean, the idea was really great and really excited and fun. And I I felt like it was something that was niche. And yet I didn't feel wildly connected to like the, the wedding industry. And so it just didn't work, didn't work at all. And when I decided to make the pivot, um, and, and rebrand my business, rebrand the show. Cause I started a podcast under that same name. This was last summer. That's when I started to actually see it take off. And it, it was that I was aligned with what my values were and what I wanted to talk about, which was spirituality, which was self-care, which was self-study. And so, you know, iterating on businesses in all these different ways, when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, now I am an online business. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Didn't plan for that, but like, cool, let's do it. And it was really great because it showed me some unique tools that I could use. It helped me connect to different guests on the show. Before that, I was doing like in-person interviews and just really made those changes. So it ebbs and flows. Some days are just like, oh man, I'm doing it. I feel so good. And then some days I'm like, I need to quit. I I mean, I do feel like that some days. And I am also not afraid. I was with some girlfriends the other day and I was like, I just feel like I should get a nine to five again. And they're like, no, what what are you talking about? You're doing so good. And the next day, like had this huge, um, just success that I didn't see coming. So, you know, it's a, it ebbs and flows. (laughs) It's totally. Yes. I can tell you from 10 years experience, that's exactly what it is. Like me and my friends, my businesses, the same, like some days you're like, I think I'm just going to quit. I just burn it all down. Just get a normal job. And then, you know, the next day you're like, nope, just kidding. Cause you do, you come up with a win and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So that's just totally the journey. And I think people sharing that, I think is, it helps other people who might be in that same struggle of like, what do I do? Do I quit? Do I not? And just people being honest about it. Cause I don't think it's always shown in the online space that I see. I agree. I agree. So, I was talking with some other podcasters. I, the other night about this very issue and we were like getting heated about it is that especially in social media and and in podcasting too, but no one's really talking about some of the things that people do to kind of quote unquote cheat in this business of like buying followers or buying podcast reviews or whatever the heck it is. And like energetically, that's not going to get you the right stuff. Like that is not going to work. And yet it's, it can be tempting (laughs) times, you know? Totally. Yeah. I had a business coach who did that and I was like, I'm turned off by yes. practices. I'm like, cause one of the people in our group is kind of like, Oh, how did you go overnight? You grew your following by 70,000 people. And she was just like, Oh, this is how you do it. You know? And then looking back, cause that was just when followers, you know, buying followers mm-hmm. were happening. We're like, Oh, this is really shady. And now this is like, I don't want to learn from you. I don't trust you. And that's, you know, broken trust on the internet. And you can kind of weed that out, but like just your regular person who doesn't have a business, who's just, you know, Hey, I'm just coming on for fun. You don't necessarily see that or know Mm -hmm. that because 
you have a nine to five and you have kids and you have this and you're just like, Hey, I just want to be entertained. And now let me get drawn to this. And it might not be a matching energetic need, exactly. but we get tempted. So I can totally, I can totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know now with self-care because self-care can be kind of that buzzword of like, I don't have time. Like, how am I going to get this in? So I love that you kind of break it down and you don't make it seem like it has to be this daunting task. So can you kind of tell us what that is in your words? What is self-care to you? It's evolved a lot. I mean, as we talk about business evolving, I think my concept of self-care originally when, I mean, even like several years ago when we started using that terminology was very superficial. It was, it was bubble baths. It was getting your nails done. And the more that I've studied this and the more that I've worked with clients and the more other teachers that I've, I've worked with, I've learned that it's so layered. It's so personalized. There is the basic layer of like your needs, right? Like going to the bathroom, eating food, spending time with your loved ones, like these basic, basic things. Weirdly enough, often those aren't even met, especially as entrepreneurs, especially as parents and getting that baseline met that's self-care literally. Like, did you go to the bathroom when you had to go to the bathroom? (laughs) I sometimes do not. It's hard. And then that next layer being these more like introspective spirituality, more connected to your soul practices. I like to call these, this is rituals. Like if a routine is what you're doing every day, your rituals are how you're nourishing your soul. And a lot of these practices are free. They don't cost anything. Right. And they don't actually take a lot of time. So that second area is where I spend most of my time with clients. And then there is, you know, like that third layer of your, your bougie yoga retreats. I just went on my first yoga retreat this weekend. That was amazing. Do I do it every weekend? No, I don't, (laughs) but it felt really amazing. And like, you know, those things that we can treat ourselves with, um, but that baseline has to be met first. So self-care is very much an investment in yourself, identifying your needs and committing to it because it is hard. It is very hard to commit. What about if people are, you know, unsure of what they need and maybe they're just so like on the go and they have a lot in their plate and they're like, Oh, I haven't even taken the time to slow down. And they might be scared to do that. Are there any like kind of, here's a little peek that I can open this door. You know, what do you got tips for those people? Excellent question. Yes. There's my favorite, favorite tool in the whole wide world to navigate self-care, to get really personalized. And that's astrology. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of funny thing that I came across and really used it as a mirror, right. To understand who I was and what my needs were. So there's so much pressure in, in self-care in wellness and spirituality and well-being, in all of these areas. We look on Instagram, we see someone meditating and we're like, Oh, I need to be doing that too. Or like we see a friend who's rocking it in their job and they're meal prepping, you know, and I'm like, sorry, I say that like in a mean way, I cannot meal prep for the life of me. (laughs) I'm a little just, but like, you know, we get these pressures and these shoulds from other people. And in fact, we don't need to look to other people to take care of ourselves. We have to know what we want on the inside. And that's why using the astrological birth chart is a mirror. It gives you that opportunity to look in and see what your needs are. And, you know, if you're new to astrology, it's a very simple practice. You can look up, you can pull your birth chart for free. Um, you can get that information. You can have it interpreted for you. There's apps. Um, if you want to work with someone like me, I can interpret it for you, but it's just, again, this place to get super, super personalized in who you are and what you need. And there's three placements that I look at in a birth chart. I like to the sun, which is your essence. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's there's a flavor of your sun in literally everything that you do. 
So it's a very big piece of your chart, but it's not the whole piece. So when you look up a horoscope, you're going to look up your sun sign, but that's just one little layer of it. Um, And when I look to inspire self-care and plans and build plans for clients, I'm looking at the sun for physical practices for the most part, physical, but also like more of those basics, like self-care basics, the moon being your emotional well-being. Like what is the flavor of your emotional practices, your spiritual practices, your connection to your soul, those deeper layers. This is where the subconscious lives. So it's like finding those thoughts that we don't even know we have in our brains. (laughs) And sometimes that takes self-study that takes journaling, that takes meditation, hypnosis, whatever it is that might line up with your moon sign. And then finally I use Mars for motivation. So that being, how can you kind of light the fire under your butt to actually do this work and, and prioritize your own needs. So that's the fast and dirty of how I use astrology. And obviously it's super customized to every person. Um, but it's really fun. It's how I get to know people without actually knowing them. Very cool. Yeah. That's where I know my moon sign Gemini in Western astrology, but not. So I also learned, you know, going through my Ayurveda school, Vedic astrology. So that's where I got totally confused. Cause I was like, Oh, I I knew some through Western and then Vedic is just, I have, I'm a Taurus in that one. And so just kind of, it's different, different things going on. And so I just kind of gave up on my Vedic astrology. So for someone like myself who might also know, cause people listening might also have that Vedic astrology. What is kind of the threads that might be the same and what is different, or you're working primarily Western astrology. I do work primarily with Western and I, I shouldn't speak to Vedic cause I don't, I, it's almost like you with astrology, you kind of have to pick a lane, right? <laughs> There's yes, like, that's you what I go do. down yes. so many paths. I'm like, it's so it's, I'm a, constant learner. I mean, at this point I have been studying on my own. I have worked with some mentors and I've been reading extensively and now just finally getting into some formal and like going to school for astrology, like in this formal setting. And yet I literally feel like I'm going to be learning my whole life because there's so many layers. There's static astrology, right? Your birth chart doesn't change. It's a snapshot of the sky, the minute that you were born. And in a Western practice, it's one way, whereas in another, it might be different, but then there's also how it's changing with the, with the, what's happening in the planets and the stars right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mercury's in retrograde at the moment. Like what does that mean for you Mm -hmm. and how can you apply that to your life? So there's so many layers to it. Something that I do pull into astrology in the way I read is this idea of evolutionary astrology, where you're looking at your sun or your, your North and your South node to understand what you might've brought into this life, what energies you might've brought in your lessons that you are still kind of accomplishing. And then also what your goals are, where your path is heading towards. Um, so for example, I have an Aries North node and Aries is really moving away from like that, that Libra energy, which is the, we, which is like always pleasing others to the me. Mm. Okay. So my part of my journey is understanding who I am. I mean, how perfectly aligned with what I do. Right. And so, but that's a moving target. The North node is a moving target. You're never going to be able to get it. It's all, you're always there. So that's evolutionary astrology is a little bit different than say other types as well. Um, but I think it helps when we think about purpose and we think about needs and we think about our own well-being. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, um, I mean, I suppose like all of that, having someone to guide you can help because I think some, like I, you know, I'm like, I'm a Virgo sun, Gemini rising and Gemini moon. Those are like the things that I know, but I'm like, I don't know what any to do with any of that besides Virgo. Like 
perfectionist and, you know, all of the Virgo traits. And I'm like, I relate to some, but I've also had to like, I feel like that's like the shadow side for myself of like the perfectionist and like the, well, many things I've talked about this in the podcast before. I'm like, I was a cutter and then Mm -hmm. I, you know, turned to bulimia and I just can like the addiction pattern of just the perfection I can see through like that thread. And so for me, I just try to like really toe the line, I think with that. And, Mm -hmm. um, that was something that I, you know, I have still even like having that Virgo like energy. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to relate to that. And so I feel like, how do you deal with like people who are like, maybe they have that kind of energy around their sign and they're like, Ooh, that's just such a big shadow side of me. How do you kind of work with that? I love that question. And I think that's part of like a lot of us that are just discovering astrology for the first time, we go to these stereotypes of, of what we think signs are and what we are told. And like Gemini, for example, I, I love you have a lot of Gemini in your chart. And every time someone says, oh, I'm a Gemini, there's like a weird stigma, like, oh, Gemini or like Scorpio is another one where it's like, what are you talking about? There's so much good in there. And you have free will to decide what part of the sign, what part of that spectrum, the light or the dark, the shadow or the growth that you embody. Right. And so let's use Gemini as an example. Like the stereotype of Gemini is two-faced gossipy when in fact a Gemini that's in their power and that's in the light is curious about the world is wildly social, has a, you know, two dimensional side to them. And they're unafraid of that. They know that they have these like two pieces to them and they can use that to their advantage. And it's not necessarily like good and bad. It's just that this is, this is who I am. I'm the, you know, it's the twins. That's a symbol for Gemini. And when they can find people that love them for that full version of themselves, that like duality of who they are, that's when they can really grow and, and shine. And I think of like the best practice for a Gemini is, is being in like a, like a book club with people that you really trust where you get to learn new things and you get to exchange information. And also you can just be your BA self. That is amazing. And that, that is so funny that you said that. Cause I'm like, I don't know a ton about Gemini. Like I know preconceived notions about that, but then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Cause I am a personal trainer and that's where I started my business, but I also have the yoga Ayurvedic side. And I, those two sides like fight and fight. And my husband was like, which, which lane are you in? I'm like, I don't think I don't want to choose. I'm like, I like both. And I'm like, my clients are usually drawn to both aspects. And that's who comes and works with me is the the duality. And so for you saying that, I'm like, light bulb moments are already going oh my off. God, in my head. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Like, hopefully someone else got something from that too. But I was like light bulbs for myself, but yeah, those little things that make a huge difference. It's that validation piece that is makes astrology so meaningful and so special. And I, I had a similar aha moment. I'm a cancer son and cancers are the mama bears of the Zodiac. They're the nurturers. And I never identified as a can as a mother. I was like, Ugh, no, I can't. That's not something I want to do. I'm really afraid of that. And I have a Capricorn moon, which is the complete opposite. So if you're born on a, or around a full moon or on a full moon, you have opposite sun and moons. Hmm. So Capricorn is like doer energy is like, I'm going to have the status. I'm going to like get the jobs and the success. And so that was always kind of how I was functioning. Mm -hmm. And when I finally started to study astrology and really learn who I was and, and apply these to all of my practices, I'm like, oh, of course I'm a mother and my Saturn return, which is uh, a time in your life where you really kind of shift from childhood into adulthood and you learn who you are was when I identified this. I was like this cancer mama bear energy. And now I use it to my, my total um, benefit and, and to my family's benefit. So 
aha moments in astrology. Heck yeah. <laughs> and then how do you kind of go with, um, you know, knowing what you just kind of shared, are there practices that you give to people to kind of help them incorporate this into their life? Yeah. So when, when I meet with clients, um, whether we do like an online or a one-on-one session, we'll read the chart together and we'll talk about what's working in your life already, because there might be just intuitively you're doing things that feel really good. And that's often what happens. It's like, yeah, you know, I I'm a fire sign. I like to work out, I like to burn off some heat. Heck yes. Let's stick with that. Then we go further down and we see, okay, like this is a, a several practices that you can use to nurture your moon. Um, I like to encouraged clients to try things on for at least five days, give it five days, a practice, see how it goes. And if it's not for you, let it go. Be okay with that fluidity of self-care be okay with, you know, being in different seasons and cycles of life and that changing. And then Mars is um, a piece that I look to again for this motivation. So it's like, how can you actually motivate yourself? So for example, let's say you have a Pisces Mars Pisces is a challenging placement in Mars because Pisces is really like connected to the other side is really like, I, I want to use the word sleepy, but not necessarily like in a, I'm a tired way, but just like moves fluidly through the world is very like, it's like a ghost energy. It's cool. It's super spiritual. And yet that doesn't really line up with like, get out of bed and like, get your goals or, you know, get your self-care in. So I tell Pisces Mars, like, it's okay. If you don't want to do a morning routine. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you need to take some time, to just slowly wake yourself out of bed and then start getting into your life. Like, great. Okay. So motivation is just so different from everyone. And, um, yeah, I like to just, I write up plans and give people really specific practices that they can try on to nurture all these parts of themselves. And then again, just be okay with letting it go if it doesn't work. Mm. And then what about kind of the overlay of like the seasons that we're in? So, you know, like we're in Libra season, I think right now. Right. It just changed. And so Mm -hmm. does this change? Like, should all of us be changing our self-care based on the astrology season we're in, or how does that kind of work? That's a great, great question. And some people will feel collective energy differently. So when I say collective energy, the sun is in Libra at this time. Is that a huge like shift for all of us? Mm, Not really. It's not a huge, these are more subtle, you know, changes yet they do impact us in different ways. And a great way to do that, to use a collective energy is to see where that particular sign. So say if you're working with a Libra sun, where is Libra in your chart within the houses? And this is a little bit more advanced astrology. So it's not always intuitive for people to understand. Um, and if you do pull up a chart, you want to make sure you have a chart that has all 12 houses in it. So if I say, okay, it's Libra season, I'm going to find Libra somewhere in my chart. And you may not have like a planet in Libra. You may not have anything in there, but you do have Libra in a house somewhere in your chart. And each of the houses directly correlates with a part of your life. So I explain it this way. If the planets are the players on the stage, the signs that they're in are the costumes that they wear and the houses that they're in are where like is the stage that it's played out on. It's where in your life. Okay. So let's say you have Libra in your 10th house. Libra is the sign of relationships. It's the sign of, of beauty and of balance. And there's a tendency of people pleasing in Libra energy that is, that can maybe put others above yourself. And so you can say, okay, I want to learn a lesson about Libra and it's in my 10th house of career. 
So where in my life could I be people pleasing right now? Where in my life am I seeking balance, right? That's how you can use collective energy. And that's something that, you know, you can do with full moons, new moons, like using any major astrological events um, or shifts in the sky to apply it to your individualized life. But that is going to be different from what your tried and true birth chart practices are mm-hmm. think of your, your practices that are really personalized to yourself as sort of like your, your toolkit, your, um, your self-care toolkit that, you know, you have when things get hard, you just grab one of those things and you, you trust that it's going to give you that nurturing again. Okay. That makes sense. And it's less daunting or overwhelming of being like, okay, I got to change things every, every time, you know, the seasons change. So well, not seasons. I'm a big fan of changing the seasons. I would say you're a book on that. (laughs) Big fan of that. The astrological seasons. I don't know what you call that. What just the astrology. When the sun changes, when the sun changes signs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So, um, I would love to know, cause I I've also seen you kind of share a little bit about this. And I think this is something that people, you know, listening are really into as well as just the mindfulness piece and bringing mindfulness back into our lives. And I know you've talked about it a little bit with parenting, um, recently. And I have a lot of, you know, mamas who listen. So what are some tips for kind of moms who might be maybe on autopilot, especially after this last year, um, how to get more mindful and back in tune, you know, with our kiddos and with our lives. Yeah. Autopilot's such a good way to describe that. And it sometimes that's like, it's like disassociation in a way. Like I just need to get through the day and I'm, I'm like today, I'm sort of feeling it on that level. It was like, it's just a day of jam packed stuff. And you just put on your, your focus and you go. However, if you can pull yourself out of that autopilot for a minute and literally check in with what your needs are, I, I, I don't know how to describe like how revolutionary this is, how radical this is, but it is especially for women, because we are literally told all day to do things for other people. And to take a second and think about what we need is just so different. It's so much different. And I think too, that like, we're, this is changing and this is shifting and we can do it really subtly. So I'll use the example of like a lot of clients that I work with will wake up in the morning and immediately like, okay, I'm up. And now I'm getting my daughter out of bed and she's screaming because I didn't turn off the sound machine the right way. I mean, just stuff like that. Like, come on, like, here we go. And yet you can take a second before that chaos, get up just if you, you know, whatever it is for your family, before your dogs, before your life and take a few minutes, five, three minutes to think about what you need in that day and be unafraid of what, what that is that's, that's a big shift. So this morning I'm thinking to myself, I need a really big cup of coffee right away when I wake up and I need to be able to take 30 minutes midday just to plan out the rest of the week so that I just feel settled. Okay. These aren't huge things, but like that changes the shape of the day. So I, the next step of this is like one identifying your needs, but then also it's communicating it to your partner, to your loved ones, to your kids. I, this is what really changed my mind about self-care is that we think of self-care, you know, as like, Oh, this investment in ourselves and like potentially like a selfish practice, you know, judgment on from others. When in fact, when I teach my kids, how to vocalize my needs. When I show them that I love myself, that I invest in myself, they do that too. Mm -hmm. So that shifted things so much. And now it's, yeah, it's saying, okay, to my husband, John, like I, can you please make the coffee right now while I change this diaper, please? That would really help me a lot. And he's like, yeah, of course. Right. 
getting into that practice. And it's kind of like teaching them too. Hey, teaching your partners, teaching your loved ones that like my needs are just as important as everyone else's. It's not saying I'm better than you. I have needs that are, you know, on top of everyone else's it's just that I'm part of the equation as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think giving the, I mean, I've done this, my husband and I were both pretty outgoing and talkative and, you know, we both are, you know, Hey, do you need time this weekend, you know, to go hang out by yourself? Like, do you need time? And we try to make sure we have, we give each other that space to just kind of be alone. And, you know, we just have, you know, our son is an only child, but like even tackling that, like we have to be on, like when he's home, like there's no one for him to play with right. but us. And so like, it's a different demanding energy, you know, that we found as he's getting older, like, okay, we got to like have him entertained. So who needs a break? And otherwise if we don't, I mean, we could just kind of float through that and he could be gone working because he usually works weekends too. But thankfully he is in tune to like, he knows I need to go have like my bike ride by myself or during the week I've built it in now where I'm like, okay, he's at school. Tuesdays are my day where I free up where I don't have clients. I don't take podcasts. I just am my day to do whatever I can catch up on work. Or if I need to, I can go to my favorite trail and bike ride walk mm. just so I can just have space because weekends, I don't always get it, especially mm-hmm. when basketball season comes for him. Like it's me on full time. And so how can you, you know, now, obviously again, this, I, me having my own business and it took a long time for me to get to this point where I have, you know, Tuesdays set up, but like finding that place for your own life, you know, if people are listening, like, how can you build that in? And it might look different. Um, you know, I mamas that travel, like that's their time. Like when they're out for work, they might be working, but they're like, Hey, at the hotel, I'm going to make sure I get X, Y, Z that I love just to have some self-care for me there. So building Mm -hmm. it into your routine rather than, you know, having it set as I think social media can be like, here's the hour long self-care checklist for the day. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. Well, I would love to know, just kind of wrapping up, what are some of your own favorite daily rituals right now? Oh, they change so much. They're so, and mine are like silly. I think I definitely use astrology, but I also am such an experimenter because of the work that I do. So I'm always trying new practices and things. And, but my tried and true are pretty simple. I, I do love meditation and I like to change it up. The, the types of meditations that I like to do for the most part are some visualization and like mini hypnosis, if you will, they're pretty like deep maybe like 20 minutes at the most. Um, again, my coffee situation is like hilarious and bougie. And I like to like add in all these ridiculous things, but like, it's so fun. And I genuinely look forward to that experience in the morning, like a fun coffee. So my coffee, my meditation, um, movement of some sorts, whether it's me teaching a yoga class or going for a walk, or I just, um, started like class pass. I like, haven't done that in forever. I'm starting to get back in the studios, just like experiencing having fun with some workouts here and there. If I can do it, it doesn't always happen. And then my favorite practice at night. And I'm always like shameless about this is I love reading really trashy romance novels. And like now I, so I switched from reading my Kindle to like, cause the light was causing my sleep to not be so good. So I switched to real books and you know how, like on the cover of romance novels, it's like usually some weird, stupid picture of like a guy and a girl, like half naked. This is embarrassing. I'm like I'm reading these books and my kids are like, mom, what is this? <laughs> I have to get one of those grandma like knitted oh, covers for my books. Too but funny. I know, but I love them and they are so different from my day. These like basically, yeah, they just, they're in a moment of escape and it feels good and what it was a replacement for. And I don't know if anyone has experienced this, but for me, I used to like 
really relax with wine at night. And it was, it was really disrupting my sleep and it would give me anxiety the next day. And so replacing it with another guilty pleasure of reading was like this awesome switch. So, yeah. That's great. So that's where I like to, you know, just hear what other people are doing. Cause I think it gives people ideas of like, Oh, that's a great idea. Like your romance novels replacing wine. Like that's a great idea. So yeah. Thanks for sharing. So I would love to know finally, you know, where can people connect with you at and where can people find you if they are interested in working with you? Yay. Well, I am so honored to be here. Andrew, thanks so much for this time. And I'd love to connect with any listeners that just want to learn more. My Instagram is a great place. I love to create lots of education on these topics of self-care, self-discovery, astrology. You can find me on Instagram at ashleysondergaard.yoga. And then the podcast that I host every Thursday is called Yoga Magic. And it's all about, again, these topics of self-care and self-discovery. And I really love to bring a really large variety of practices of self-care practices. So that if someone's new to this space, spirituality, discovering who they are, that they have this big menu of experts of people that they can learn from. And it doesn't feel like judgy or, or esoteric. It's really just like, here's what we're learning live time. So that's yoga magic. And then finally, I'd love to, to connect and work with anyone that wants to work together, do a cosmic self-care session or have me write them a plan. So I'll link up um, my email newsletter and we can, we can connect that way. Perfect. I'll put those all in the show notes. So I just have one final question for you. Um, I always like to have a weekly challenge. And when I have a guest on, I have you throw out the challenge to everyone. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? Mm. Yes. So I think going back to this idea of needs and, and getting in the practice of identifying your own needs, I would challenge listeners to take that extra moment in the morning to come up with just a couple needs that you have for yourself. They don't have to be big, but think about them and then vocalize them and, you know, communicate them to your loved ones and, um, just see what changes for you. See how that changes your, your day, your mindset, and and maybe it gets a little easier every day. Perfect. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us today, Ashley. Thank you. It's my honor. Yes. And thank you all and go out there and spread your peaceful power.